This is your morning wake-up call on Sports Country. Grab a cup of coffee and hang with us every weekday morning for the latest news, sports, and other things going on around the world and in your backyard. Now, here's your host, Gene Gums. Well, good morning, everybody. It is seven minutes past nine o'clock here in Hayesville, North Carolina. Welcome to a Thursday morning wake-up call on Sports Country Radio. A cloudy day here. We had some big storms come through last night. Uh, Parts of the southeast uh, or the south in general got hammered. Louisiana, Mississippi, I know that is moving uh, to the east. If you are uh, up in New England listening to us or uh, along the east coast, uh, stay safe. Uh, had a bunch of tornadoes down this way. Fortunately, none here in Hayesville, but uh, it has been some wicked weather uh, that we have had. But uh, we are here, and uh, we have been gone for a few days. I apologize, but, uh, again, uh, uh, trying to get things uh, uh, organized down in our, our new place down here, and uh, I've had a lot on my plate. So we're, we're here today. We'll be here tomorrow. We'll be here next week. Uh, interesting, one of our uh, listeners, uh, my wife's best friend, uh, Ann, who listens all the time, is going to be here next week. And she said she wants to, uh, to sit in the studio and watch me do my show. That's a little weird, but okay. Uh, I said, well, she's going to see me talk because there's not a lot, <laughs> there's not a lot to see. Uh, but uh, that's going to be fun. Uh, so, uh, look, uh, we got plenty of sports stuff to get to. I just want to take a second. Uh, before we get to that, uh, because we haven't been here to address the uh, the uh, the stupidity that happened at uh, the Academy Awards uh, with Chris Rock and uh, Will Smith, and uh, you know, look, uh, Will Smith to say he was out of line, uh, you know, we don't need to. I mean, there's no question he was out of line. Um, there are some people that are saying, well, at least he stood up for his 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 wife, and you know, look, here's the thing. They are a public, you know, a public couple. They have a very unconventional marriage, to say the least. Uh, they uh, are out in the public eye all the time. Comedians do what comedians do. A comedian's job is to poke fun at people, to poke fun at everybody. Um, you know, and you can say that, well, he crossed the line. I don't really think he did, but whatever. That's what comedians do. I don't. I didn't think that it was being hateful. Uh, you know, I know that Jada Pinkett Smith has come out and said that she's fighting alopecia and all that, but she's been very public about it. And, and so Chris Rock made a comment about it, you know, come on. And she, you know, she has, you know, she shaves her head and, you know, so to me, it wasn't that big a deal. It was, it was a comedian being a comedian. I didn't think it was, I didn't think it crossed any kind of line really. Um, but I think we're all too sensitive today. Um, you know, and, and, uh, Chris Rock did his first show last night, didn't really address it. <laughs> he came out and the first thing he said was, uh, so how was your weekend? Uh, but he didn't really address it. And he, and he told the people in the audience, look, um, you know, that he, that he was still processing what happened. Um, and he said, look, if you came to hear about that, uh, you know, he said, I had a whole you know show written before this weekend happened. So, and he said at some point that he will, you know, address it and it'll be funny and it'll be serious and it'll be what it is. You know, you know, but again, I think we are, 
uh, way, way too sensitive this day and age. Comedians can't say anything anymore. Uh, or, you know, it's, you know, and I don't want to bring up the whole cancel culture thing because people get pissed off about that too. But, you know, we are so quick now to take offense at everything. And when I take offense at it, that means you need to disappear, you know, but, and, and what, what Will Smith did was wrong. And, and as the Academy's like, well, we asked him to leave and he wouldn't leave. And, you know, so now we're going to do an investigation and we're going to decide what to do. Here's the thing. You know, okay, so you can suspend him for six months, maybe or a year. Maybe he, you know, if he has a movie this year, he won't be eligible for any awards. Okay, go ahead. But at the end of the day, they're not going to take his Oscar away from him. At the end, the, think about this: Harvey Weinstein's been convicted of raping women. They didn't take his Oscars away. Roman Polanski had to leave the United States because of statutory rape charges. You know, had sex with an underage girl. Uh, they didn't take his Oscar away, so they're not taking Will's. Uh, Will Smith's Oscar away for slapping Chris Rock. Was he wrong? Yeah. But let's, you know, let's calm down. You know, you know, Wanda Sykes, one of the co-hosts is like, ah, you know, going off and, you know, Amy Schumer saying something about being triggered and uh, come on. It was a, you know, Jesus. I mean, the guy lost his mind for a second, but why do we have to be so dramatic about everything? It's just, you know, come on. He was wrong. There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Uh, But Chris Rock was doing what Chris Rock was hired to do. Chris Rock is a comedian. People expect him to be funny. That means he's going to poke fun at people. In his show last night that he did in Boston, he poked fun at Joe Biden. But he also poked fun at Donald Trump. You know, it's you know when you're a comedian, you are an equal opportunity, you know, person. You take shots at everybody. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, listen, you ever ever watch Lewis Black, one of my favorite comedians? Oh my God, he's brutal. But he's funny as hell, you know, and you got to and, and there's a grain of truth to a lot of the things that they say. But you have to, you know, lighten up, people lighten up. That's all I got to say. And you know what? You want to go. You don't have to go any farther than uh, you want to lighten up. How about, you know, what Bruce Willis's family's going through? He's been diagnosed with aphasia and he's stepping away from acting. A guy that, you know, uh, was one of the most recognizable actors of our time. And in the, that, that, the Die Hard series, I, you know, the first Die Hard movie was one of my favorite movies of all time. Armageddon, still love that movie. Uh, Sixth Sense, great movie. He's been in some great movies. This is a guy that's, uh, the movies he's been in has made like over $5 billion. 67 years old, and, and he's having trouble communicating. It's similar to what stroke victims go through. You know, I have a, a friend whose daughter had a stroke at, at the age of 20. And she has aphasia. You know, she know that it's like you know what you want to say, but you can't get it out. You can't you can't speak it. Sometimes you can't write it. Sometimes you just know it, it just there's a disconnect. And it could be, you know, it usually happens after a stroke or a head injury. But they said that it can also happen uh, from a brain tumor or it could happen that could be the beginning of Alzheimer's disease. It, there's no way of knowing. So he's stepping away. And you know what? That puts things that with the whole Will Smith thing in perspective with Chris Rock. You know, we don't know how long we have, and, you know, let's just lighten up. Uh, but uh, I hope Bruce is okay, and he's going to, you know, he can undergo some speech therapy and things like that, and th- there's a chance for some improvement. But, you know, at 67 years of age, how much improvement are you going to be able to make? Jesus, I'm 62 years of age, and uh, I'm trying to work outside. And, uh, you know, the day after working outside for six hours, I feel like I need a, a wheelchair, you know. So uh, it's a lot more difficult at a uh, an advanced age to approve, but let's hope he does. But that, to me, that puts the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith thing into perspective. 
you know, it could be a hell of a lot worse than somebody poking fun at uh, at you or your family. And it wasn't malicious. You know, to me, Chris Rock, what he did was not malicious. It was a joke. You know, now I, you know, I say that and I, you know, I make jokes with my wife all the time. My wife will look at me and go, that's not funny. Of course it's funny. No, no, it's not funny. <laughs> so anyway, all right, let's get to sports. So how about this shocker last night? I'm watching the... Uh, the Celtics basketball game last night, and I see the crawl on the bottom of the screen that Bruce Arians has stepped down as the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, of course, you know, the first thing when you hear that, it's like, oh, my God, you know, there's been rumors of rifts between him and Tom Brady and that they didn't get along. And, you know, maybe Tom Brady coming back, maybe it was like, well, I'll come back if you get rid of Bruce Arians. Um, Bruce Arians has said all along that the, 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 the rumors about his relationship problems with Tom Brady are a bunch of BS and they addressed it yesterday. Again, uh, he did an interview, uh, with Peter King, uh, of sports illustrated along with, uh, uh, a reporter from the Los Angeles times. And yes, Brady was a piece of this, but it wasn't because they didn't get along. It wasn't because Tom Brady wanted him out. Uh, Arian said that he actually thought about retiring, um, you know, after the Super Bowl, you know, um, you know, when they won the Super Bowl in 2021, he actually thought about stepping away then. And he said, you know, uh, he said, uh, you know, if I quit, he said, my coaches get fired. I couldn't do that to them. So I, I came back and, you know, but I thought about going out on top. You know, but he said, but then when Brady decided to come back and everybody else was coming back, he decided this is the time, you know, I can hand the, the, the thing off and I don't have to worry about everybody getting fired. My assistant will, will take over. Uh, Todd Bowles is going to be named as his replacement, um, uh, you know, from his own staff. And with Brady coming back and the other players coming back, uh, Bruce Arians has left the cupboard full. You know, so he felt like this was the time to go. And he's not leaving the Buccaneers either. You know, so again, if, if it was Tom Brady saying get rid of him or I'm not coming back, uh, Arians wouldn't be moving into the front office. So, and, and look, Bruce Arians is 69 years old. You know, he's been, uh, you know, a, a football coach uh, since 1975. He worked in, you know, colleges for 15 years before getting NFL jobs. Uh, this is a guy that is a Super Bowl uh, winner. He won a Super Bowl as an assistant coach. Uh, he was the NFL Coach of the Year a couple of times. He doesn't have anything else to prove. So he is going to become a uh, an advisor. I think they called it a um, senior advisor on football or something like that in, in the front office. So, uh, you know, surprising, yes. Um, but I don't think that, you know, I think with Todd Bowles taking over, They'll be running the same offense. I think it, uh, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'll make some changes, but by and large, um, I think that uh, it'll be business as usual. And Arian's job really is going to be working on the draft. One of his first jobs now in the front office will be he'll be one of the lead guys on their draft preparation. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything nefarious here, but of course, you know, all the Tom Brady haters out there, are going to want to say, ah, see, Brady's just a bad guy. What an a-hole he is, you know, and try to blame this 
on Tom Brady when it could it, it sounds like that couldn't be farther from the truth. Look, it, you know, did Arians and, and Brady probably have some uh, uh, arguments? Yes, that's the nature of football. When you are comp- when you're a competitor, and you see things one way, and your head coach sees things in another way, you're going to have some conversations, and they may not always be pleasant conversations. It just happens. You know, hell, when you have your, your regular job, I'm sure you have had you know conversations with your boss about, you know, what your boss wants you to do, and you're like, yeah, but that sounds stupid to me. I mean, it, it's just the nature of the job. So, but unfortunately, you know, in the NFL or any other major sport, you know, you live in a fishbowl. And, you know, look, you could you can argue all you want that this 24-hour news cycle is a great thing, you know, that, that we have instant access to everything, and it's a great thing. And, and in some ways that's true, but it's also a bad thing. Because there are so many people out there, anybody with a microphone, every idiot like me has a microphone or a, a tape recorder or a tape recorder, that's showing my age, uh, you know, some kind of a digital recorder, and they're just looking for some kind of scoop. They're just looking for something to throw up on Twitter or Facebook or, or somewhere to make themselves relevant. And that's a problem. You know, I mean, uh, you know, so, you know, it used to be in, in my days, you know, when we walked uphill, you know, to school both ways, uh, you know, you got your news in the morning or, you know, in a newspaper, then with the evening news, and then you waited until the next morning to find out the latest thing that happened. We didn't find out this stuff instantaneously, you know, and, and, you know, we've, we've come to expect that, but there's, there's, there's bad with the good. And, you know, all the, a lot of the Brady, uh, Bruce Arians rumors would be probably right up there with that. So anyway, um, the other news that broke yesterday, and this was really not a surprise, uh, Shaheen Holloway is leaving St. Peter's and going to Seton Hall to become the head coach. He will be the first Seton Hall graduate to lead their basketball program since 1953 graduate Richie Reagan uh, coached him for 10 years between 1960 and 1970. And if you're Shaheen Holloway, you had to do this. It, you know, regardless of the fact that it was Seton Hall, you had to do this somewhere. You are never going to be hotter than you are right now to get a team as far as you did to beat you know, a number two seed in Kentucky, number seven Murray State, and number three seed Purdue. Uh, to get to the Elite Eight, I mean, my God, you are never going to get this opportunity again. So he will go to Seton Hall. Uh, he will replace Kevin Willard, a guy that uh, he was on his staff. Uh, a guy he has known for a long time. Kevin Willard, uh, by the way, in his last year at Seton Hall, made $2.4 million. Shaheen Holloway at St. Peter's was making about two hundred and fifty k. Again, to you and me, $250,000 is a lot of money. But now he has an opportunity probably to make 10 times what he is making or was making at St. Peter's. And, look, he, he will never have to buy a dinner or a drink in Jersey City ever again. You know, I mean, no matter what he does for the rest of his career, he's 45 years old, no matter what he does for the rest of his coaching career, he will be a god in Jersey City, New Jersey. So good for him. Uh, you know, look, you know, he was, uh, he was on Kevin Willard's staff at Iona. 
Um, you know, and uh, so now he will uh, follow his mentor uh, and go back to Seton Hall. And where he played uh, from 1996 to 2000, they made the Sweet 16 in 2000. Matter of fact, he hit the winning layup in overtime uh, to beat Oregon in the first round in a big upset. So uh, this is a guy that uh, is going home, and you have to be happy for him. A classy guy, uh, the way he carried himself uh, you know, during the whole uh, run that St. Peter's had was phenomenal. So congratulations to him. That is uh, just awesome. Awesome, and a chance to uh, to get a payday. And all of us, I mean, if we get a chance, you know, the, you just never know. You know, again, life is short. You know, you got to grab that brass ring when you get the opportunity. Shaheen Holloway is doing exactly that. Uh, final four coming up. We're going to talk more about the final four uh, tomorrow. Uh, final four, of course, this weekend. But how about Eric Church taking some serious heat? He is supposed to be doing a concert in San Antonio. On Saturday, he canceled the concert. Why? Because he wants to watch the North Carolina Duke game with his family and friends. So he has canceled a concert that, you know, he's probably sold 10, 15,000 tickets to uh, to watch a basketball game. Uh, on the one hand, I want to say good for you. On the other hand, I'm like, whoa. You know, now. Eric Church can get away with this. This is a guy who has, you know, been the CMA Entertainer of the Year. It's a guy who's one of the hottest guys in country music right now. So he can get away with canceling a concert to watch a basketball game, which is exactly what he's going to do on Saturday. Uh, and, of course, now I'm living in North Carolina. Uh, let me tell you, folks, this state is vibrating, L- literally. I mean, people cannot wait. They have never met in the NCAA tournament. And then you top it off with the fact that, that you've got Mike Krzyzewski in his last season at Duke. You've got a brand-new coach at North Carolina. I mean, what a story it is. And you've got a North Carolina team that beat the ever-living crap out of Duke in its final game at home uh, with Mike Krzyzewski at coach, as coach. So there is a, a little bit of a revenge uh, here. So it is going to be a lot of fun. Uh I'm rooting for North Carolina. I have to be honest. I am not a Mike Krzyzewski fan, never have been. Uh, part of that may be because I worked in Division One, and I know a lot of people. Uh, and, I, and I've and i met Coach K once, and, you know, he was fine. Um, but I have, uh, I, I'm friends with a lot of referees. Uh, or, you know, uh, when I got to know a lot of referees in Division One and had dinner with them and drinks and, and heard about a lot of the stuff that goes on sometimes and, uh, with Coach K and, not as nice as you might think so i've never been a big fan um uh and i at the same time i was never a big fan of roy williams either uh but with him gone it's easy to root for north carolina so i'm gonna i'm gonna root for the tar heels tonight and hope that they can uh or i should say saturday night and hope that they can get again done against duke the question now is is how many fans how many fans is eric church gonna lose uh, because he uh, he's blowing off that concert in San Antonio to watch that game. I think that I think it's funny as hell. Uh, and, and you know what? I mean, uh, now he hasn't announced a date to to, uh, uh, to reschedule the concert yet. I'm sure he will. But there's a lot of people that are really pissed off at Eric Church right now. But uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, you know, I, I guess it's one of those things where you know a lot of guys like won't schedule a concert. You know, on Super Bowl Sunday, I want to make sure that we're not uh, we're not playing a concert on Super Bowl Sunday. 
you know, and, and maybe uh, maybe Eric Church in the future is going to say, you know what, the Final Four is supposed to be this weekend. Let's not schedule a concert on Final Four weekend. But uh, anyway, so uh, I just thought it was kind of funny. It's 27 minutes past. Yeah, we're going to take a break. We're back in a minute. You're listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 30 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to The Wake Up Call here on a Thursday morning. Uh, so the Red Sox uh, yesterday in spring training rolled out what is likely to be uh, their opening day lineup uh, against the New York Yankees. Uh, it's hard to believe, but opening day, folks, is a week from today. So they start uh, throwing them in anger a week from today. Of course, the Red Sox, because of the uh, delay uh, in the start of the regular season, will open the season now against the Yankees. Uh, and Garrett Cole, yikes. Um, and, uh, yesterday in their spring training game against the Atlanta Braves, uh, Alex Cora rolled out the, uh, the lineup that he said is probably very close to what he's going to have. Uh, interesting. He had Kike Hernandez leading off. That's not the interesting part. The interesting part was he had Rafi Devers hitting second. Uh, Bogarts hit third. JD hits fourth. No surprise there. Alex Verdugo hit in the fifth spot. Trevor Story made his debut yesterday. He hits uh, in the sixth spot, followed by Dahlbeck, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., Christian Vasquez. Uh, Trevor Story making his debut for the Red Sox yesterday. Um, went one for two. Also had a, a walk. Uh, they Tom Caron interviewed him on Nesson after the uh, game was over and or uh, while the game was still going on, which, you know, I, I mean, I know they do weird things during spring training, but, I mean, he basically Tom Caron talked to him for a whole half an inning. It's just weird. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, talked about kind of what a week it's been for Trevor Story, birth of his child, et cetera, et cetera. But I'll tell you what, um, if this is the opening day lineup, and, and you know, you would think it probably is. I mean, look, the Red Sox scored 10 runs yesterday. Ian Anderson, who was one of the uh, uh, top, you know, two or three pitchers on that Atlanta Braves team, got absolutely drilled. I know it's spring training. I tell myself that all the time. But Ian Anderson lasted two innings, gave up seven hits, six runs, walked three guys, and he gave up two bombs. Rafi Devers hit an absolute missile uh, that went over everything. Um, Christian Vasquez um, hit one off him in the third. Uh, Look, this Red Sox team yesterday, uh, 10 runs, 13 hits. Now, pitching-wise, it was a bit of a problem. And I I have to admit, I am getting a little bit nervous about Tanner Houck. Uh, no, I'm a lot nervous about Tanner Houck. Uh, four innings yesterday. Now, he only gave up one run. He gave up five hits. He struck out four, didn't walk anybody. Now, the previous start, he walked everybody. You know, he was having trouble finding the plate, and he walked everybody. Well, yesterday, he didn't walk anybody, but he hit three guys. You know, his his control, now look, he's got that nasty slider. He has a hard time controlling it sometimes. Um, but I I would be lying if I said I'm not worried about him. Now, I know he's going to be one of the, at least in the beginning of the season, he's been told he's in the rotation. You know, it's going to be, uh, you know, Avaldi and then Pavetta and, you know, then Hauk. Then it looks like Michael Walker and then probably Rich Hill. It looks like uh, Garrett Whitlock is probably going to be in the bullpen. So I'm not worried about this Red Sox batting order. The, the Red Sox team, I actually, you know, I made some comments about the Minnesota Twins that, they, you know, 
They've brought in Carlos Correa. They brought in some other great offensive, uh, you know, bats. The problem is, and the same thing with the Phillies, you know, bringing in Castellanos, you know, uh, but who's going to get outs? You're going to have to win games 9-8, to eight, you know, and that's my concern. And and the Red Sox yesterday was a perfect example. Um, they went 10-7. to seven. Again, spring training, I get it. But, you know, Matt Barnes came in. Gave up a run yesterday. You, you hope he's going to be better. Uh, you know, now Caleb Ort gave up four of the runs and, you know, you, 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 you know, in one, uh, two thirds of an inning after relieving Hauk. But Hauk was lucky he only got out of there giving up the one run. Uh, he was not, he was not good. You know, and after the game, you know, Pete Abraham talked to him and he was like, yeah, he said, I was a lot better today. <laughs> uh, Alex Cora wasn't buying that. <laughs> Alex Cora said, uh, he was okay. You know, he said, but, uh, you know, we got to stay in the zone. Yeah. You know, there were a lot of people on the bases yesterday, so that makes me a little bit nervous. However, you know, what I did like was obviously, uh, you know, the way the Red Sox hit the ball. And I'll tell you, the you know, not a lot of people are talking about this right now, but Bobby Dahlbeck is hitting the ball very well in spring training. And I know it's spring training, but he had a couple more hits yesterday. He also had a walk. Um, you know, he's hitting 333 in the spring. He's got an OPS of almost 1100, you know, and I hope that, you know, this isn't just like, you know, spring training, you know, feasting off of guys that you shouldn't be feasting off of or not. But if he's following up the way he finished last season, and this is the Bobby Dahlbeck that we can expect, the Red Sox are going to be very good, and it will make the Red Sox think twice about rushing Tristan Cassis up to the major leagues. It will give the Red Sox time. You know, maybe maybe Cassis stays down for the entire year. Maybe he's like one of those call-ups in September, but, um, you know, maybe Cassis stays down and then give the Red Sox an opportunity to figure out what they're going to do with this lineup long term. Whether you know Xander Bogarts is going to opt out, J.D. Martinez is going. His contract is up this year. My guess is they're not going to try to re-sign J.D. Look, he's been great. But my guess is is that with all these young kids coming, that J.D. is not going to have a spot on the Red Sox because what they can very easily do is next year when J.D. is gone, you've got Cassis, you've got Dahlbeck, you've got Rafi Devers. I mean, you've got, you know, a few guys right there that are D.H. candidates. You know, and you can rotate them between D.H. and putting them in the field because Dahlbeck can play third base. You know, uh, so you wonder if, if they're going to, if Dahlbeck hits. Now, if Dahlbeck comes up and in, you know, May he's hitting 200, it might be a different conversation. But the way he has looked this spring has got to make the Red Sox feel uh, very, very good um, about what they're going uh, into. Uh, Devers is also hitting the ball very well uh, down south. He's hitting almost 400. So uh, love to see it. Uh, the other question that Cora was asked yesterday, and it's a natural one with uh, Trevor Story making his debut, is, well, who's your backup shortstop? What happens if you need to give uh, – Xander Bogart's a day off, or if he gets hurt. Well, you know, they've got Christian Arroyo, who is the utility guy, so your first instinct would be 
that it's going to be Christian Arroyo, but don't forget, Trevor Story is a shortstop. He played shortstop his entire major league career. He played second base in the minors, but he has been a shortstop. So you would think that if Bogey gets hurt, they'll just shift uh, Story to short and put Arroyo back at second base because that's more of a natural position for both those guys, and it probably makes them even stronger up the middle. But Cora was kind of hedged on that a little bit, and he said, look, um, you know, he's going to talk to Story. He said a lot of guys, when they're, when they're changing positions, uh, they don't want to monkey around with it. They want to stay at that position. So he might be more comfortable just staying at second base rather than flip-flopping uh, between second and short. You know, now it may not be an issue. Bogey may play 152 games, and it's you know a, a game here and there that uh, you know they play. Uh, you know, whether it's a Royal or Story, it may just be a handful of games. And let's hope that's the case. Let's hope Bogart stays healthy. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they how they decide to handle that. And it may be it may be on Trevor Story to let them know uh, whether he feels comfortable jumping back and forth. Um, last Red Sox thing before we uh, move on. Uh, uh, Sam Kennedy, Red Sox president, was on uh, WTIC radio in Hartford yesterday, where, right down the road from where I used to live. Um, and he reiterated the fact, I can't believe I said that. I hate the word reiterate. You know what reiterate means, by the way, folks? The word iterate means to repeat. Reiterate means re-repeat, which is kind of stupid. I can't believe I just said that. But anyway, he iterated that the Red Sox want to keep Xander Bogart's um, in the organization for his entire career. That's what Kenny said. Look, I uh, said so we've you know we've been with him since he was a teenager, and we want him to be in the organization for his entire career. He said we've had extension talks in the past, uh, prior to the 2019 season. We're going to try to do it again, and hopefully uh, we can keep him here, and we'll leave it at that. So uh, I hope so. I think you know, and look, whether Xander Bogarts is the shortstop for the rest of his career or not. He's the kind of guy, as he said, when he rec he helped recruit Trevor Story, as he said, I'm obsessed with winning. That's the kind of guy I want on my team. And I think if, if he's obsessed with winning and you can present it to him that, hey, look, we're better with you at second base or at third base or wherever, that he'll buy into that. You know, if, it, if next year it's they decide that, hey, uh, you know, they sign him to an extension, look, how about, you know, you try second base? And we put Story at shortstop because he's got more range and we're just a better team. I think he would go for it. I do. Uh, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, ego, uh, look, these guys have ego. You know, you have to have ego to play any professional sport, no matter what it is. So we'll see. Uh, how about the Cardinals yesterday? The Cardinals put up 29 runs on the Washington Nationals in a spring training game yesterday. 29 <laughs> 29 to 8. Oh, my Lord. Uh, the good news for St. Louis is Miles Michaelis uh, started the game and looked good. Pitched five innings. Only gave up four hits and a run. Uh, that's good. The bad news for uh, the Nationals, Annabelle Sanchez, who uh, they're giving another uh, try to, uh, who's been out of baseball for the last couple of years, gave up 12 hits and 10 runs in the first four innings. Ouch! Uh, I, my, I'm thinking the Annabelle Sanchez experiment might be a very short one in Washington, but we'll see. Uh, Albert Pujols made his debut uh, back in St. Louis. Uh, well, not winning St. Louis, but with St. Louis. Went one for three. Interesting, too. Uh, Pujols was at that game 
and I'm not judging here. Everybody has to do things their own way. But his wife was having brain surgery to remove a brain tumor that they discovered in October. So while the, the game was going on, she was having brain surgery, and he got a, a text afterwards saying that it was successful. But, uh, you know, and it's not was his wife wasn't alone. You know, I mean, uh, uh, that uh, her family was with her, with her and uh, but Pujols was not. I, I just, I, you know, again, uh, not judging. And, and what he said that Pujols has said he's always been able to com- compartmentalize baseball and his, his personal life. But, man, I'll tell you what, you know, and, and again, not judging, but I don't know if I could do that. I really don't. You know, that, you know, good Lord. You know, but uh, but fortunately, his wife came through the surgery uh, just fine. So that's uh, that's good news. Um, how about this one? So Major League Baseball had teased they had they were going to have this big announcement yesterday, and so you know I was like, oh Jesus, you know, and and Major look, Major League Baseball does some stupid things and says some stupid things. They came up with this new. They have this new thing uh, that's going to be called. Home Run Derby X. Um, I don't know how I feel about this. It's not really a home run derby. It's kind of baseball. Uh, it's going to be a uh, a global tour of four cities. Uh, London. Uh, it, they're going to go to Seoul, Mexico City. Uh, there's one other place. I can't remember. Maybe one's in the United States. I can't remember. But basically... And it's going to be four teams representing the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Cubs. And each team is going to have one former big league star. Well, you know, that could be a uh, – uh, okay. Well, the Dodgers' former star is going to be Adrian Gonzalez. The Red Sox' former star is going to be Johnny Gomes. Uh, Nick Swisher representing the uh, the Yankees and uh, Giovanni Soto representing the Cubs. So these are guys that are going to be in their you know their their early forties, mid forties, whatever uh, guys that used to play Major League Baseball. And then the other three members of the team, it's going to be a woman from either softball or women's baseball, a baseball player from the minors, and then a they're, they're calling it a wild card. Uh, MLB describes it as an influential content creator. So it could be somebody who's a a big YouTube star or a big Instagram star or something, somebody that can draw viewers. So here's the – now, let me – let me. this is just bizarre. So it's going to be a reduced version of a baseball field, and the field is going to be, like, very narrow. Uh, I mean, very narrow. It's going to be between 300, 280 feet to 320 feet to center field, 260 to 300 down the lines. So it's going to be not quite a little league field, but a Babe Ruth field. Um, and the optimum field of play is going to be a 45-degree angle from home plate. Uh, get this. The batter's box is going to be on a stage. You're going to be on a raised platform. The pitcher's mound is also going to be on a platform. I hope this is a big platform, and I hope it's not too far. I mean, I hope it's big enough so that if somebody takes a shot up the middle, they don't fall out the platform and break their neck. I mean, when they say a stage, I hope they mean it's just going to be raised up off the ground like a couple of feet or something. I, I, they haven't said how far how far the, the platform is going to be, but can you imagine they put it 15 feet in the air and somebody takes a tumble off of that? That'll be the end of Home Run Derby X and Ari. Um, uh, but, I, you know, look, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, it's kind of a video game-ish thing. Maybe maybe it gets some young kids excited about baseball. Maybe. 
you know, uh, hey, this is cool. But then when you find out real baseball is not played that way, I mean, are you going to still feel the same way? It's just weird. So I'm not sure, quite sure how I feel about it. But uh, as Craig Calcaterra said this morning in uh, in his cup of coffee newsletter, he said, uh, uh, he said, you, you know, you're thinking about scale. It's kind of like indoor soccer versus uh, regular soccer or a tabletop bowling game as opposed to real bowling. Uh, you know, and I think he kind of feels the same way I do. It's like, um, okay, I mean, I guess it can't. I mean, it's not the worst idea I've ever heard, but it's weird. So uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not quite sure when this is supposed to start. They're, they're kind of uh, nebulous as far as the details about when this is going to, to happen. Uh, but my guess is it'd be something that'll happen uh, in the off season or something. But uh, you know, and and to me, if you want to do this, I think I'd want to use maybe a current player on each team rather than a minor league player, somebody that's got some name recognition. If you want to, you know, kind of spread the word a little bit better, I think I'd want to. Uh, and I have no problem, by the way, with the whole you know having a woman from women's baseball or softball involved. I have no problem with that at all. But I think rather than use some forty-five-year-old former player. He might want to try to get a current Major League Baseball player to do it. Yeah, just just a thought, you know. But anyway, home run derby X. So uh, stay tuned. We'll, we'll, we'll I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I guess uh, Rob Manfred has done some dumber things in, in in life. So maybe this works. Maybe if it if it brings some f- new fans to baseball, it's worth a try. I'm just not convinced that. Uh, uh, you know, maybe it's going to be fun to watch. Maybe it's going to be stupid to watch. But uh, so stay tuned. We'll see. Uh, it's 47 minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. Back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It is 49 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on a Thursday morning. So when we were here last, last Friday, um, I made a comment that, uh, you know, they were talking about the upcoming Masters and the fact that Phil Mickelson wasn't playing. And then the comment was made uh, at the end of the story was, you know, Tiger Woods is still listed as a participant, and he basically, you know, he's got a week to figure out what he's going to do. Uh, the Masters, of course, coming up next weekend. Um, and I just said, there's no way he's playing. You know, he has already said, it, you know, that uh, he's still trying to figure out, you know, uh, walking, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, you know, being able to ride around in a cart is one thing, but being able to walk, uh, 72 holes is another, and, you know, the Masters being a pretty hilly course, I, I said, there's no way. Well, lo and behold, uh, Tiger Woods uh, on Tuesday played a practice round at Augusta National. Uh, and so now all of a sudden everybody's going, wow, is he really going to play? Um, and I, I'm still skeptical. I think that I, I'm sure he wanted to go out and give it a try. Now, Rory McIlroy said that uh, – uh, now, Rory is playing in uh, in the Valero Open in Texas, but he – I guess I guess he witnessed this, and he said uh, – uh, he said, I saw him play at Augusta, and he looked great. He said he's being very conservative, but he's doing everything he can to see if he can play. He said that he that he's definitely made strides in the last few weeks. You know, and it, this kind of reminds me of when he was going through all the knee surgeries. You remember, and and he was like unsure of where when he, where he was going to play, when he was going to play, and he would say he was going to play, and then he you would go out and you know you'd get in some rough and you or you'd have a particularly bad stance or something, and you he you'd see he would tweak that knee and he has to pull out. 
this is worse than that. I mean, he, he had a uh, you know a a compound break in a leg to the point where they thought they might have to amputate the damn thing. Look, the fact that he's walking at all, I mean, and it's only a year removed, a year and uh, a month removed from that accident. It was February 23rd of last year. The fact that he is even contemplating playing, to me, is a damn miracle. Um, now, if you remember, he played in that uh, that uh, that PNC championship with his son, the kind of the father-son thing and or father-daughter thing that they have now, uh, and... Uh, you know, and he and, and he and his son Charlie finished second in the tournament. You know, but the thing is, is that, you know, uh, he could use a cart, and he only used it part of the time. He didn't use it all the time, but he still was able to use a cart part of the time. He can't do that on the PGA Tour. Now, I suppose he could apply for a waiver to do one, but he'll never do that. He won't do that. You know, so um, stay tuned. Um, I'll say this: if he comes back and plays at the Masters this next weekend. I don't care how he does. I don't care how he does. It would be, to me, uh, one of the greatest greatest accomplishments of his career, just being able to play a little over a year after that horrific accident. And we, I don't care what happened with the accident, whether he fell asleep, whether he was on sleeping pills. I don't care. The fact that he has an opportunity to go out there and still play uh, will be nothing short of a miracle. Uh, and people will be rooting for him. And, hey, it's Tiger Woods. You never count Tiger Woods out. Because, remember, he came back. He had all those knee surgeries and back surgeries, and he came back and won the Masters in 2019. So don't count him out. He hasn't played in a major since 2020, but it's Tiger Woods. You know, and we have not seen his like in a long, long time. And I still say Jack Nicholas is the greatest golfer of all time. You know, I watched Jack my entire, you know, my entire childhood. He was phenomenal. Tiger was equally as phenomenal. And maybe his body let him down. Maybe he beats Jack's record if he doesn't have all the knee surgeries and the back surgeries. But, hey, that's part of being an athlete is being able to uh, overcome injuries. It's kind of like I talk about baseball players now. All the baseball players that get hurt all the time. Why do they get hurt? Because they overtrain. I still believe that. You know, and you say, well, <laughs> yeah, you fat bastard. Of course you feel that way. You don't want people to be in too good a shape. But I'm serious. I truly believe that guys have trained themselves to a point where they are like thoroughbred horses, that they, 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 they've taken away all the body fat, all the flexibility that they have in their bodies because they weight train and they do all this stuff so much that it is very easy to tweak a tendon or a muscle or something or, or, you know, because you have, you have made your body so tight that it is, it is easy to get hurt, easy to pull something. Those old country boys that were playing baseball years ago and I know, I know, I sound like the old man again. I get it. But you didn't have the amount of injuries that you have now, you know. And it, I'm, I, I believe, I still believe, and, you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry to the fitness world, but I still believe that athletes today overtrain. Just my personal opinion. Uh, another quick note uh, before we get out of here. The uh, U.S. men's soccer team qualified for the World Cup yesterday despite losing to Costa Rica 2 nothing or 2-0, as they put it. Um, Christian Pulisic will get an opportunity to play. Look, Christian Pulisic is, uh, has been in the uh, the Premier League, 
and uh, you know, as and an opportunity to play at the highest level. Now he's going to get a chance to play in the World Cup. It is the first time that the United States has been in the World Cup in a long, long time. It's been uh, what? Uh, what did I see? It was uh, yeah, twelve hundred and sixty-seven days since they lost at Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, their streak of seven straight World Cup appearances ended. So it has been a long time. And so now the United States is going to get an opportunity to return to the World Cup. So good for them. They are the youngest team in the field. You know, and that's the other part of it. They lost to Costa Rica. They lose to Costa Rica all the time in the qualifiers. But the average age of this U.S. soccer team is 23 years, 302 days. The, I, mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It's a bunch of kids that are going to go up against uh, adults. They're going to have their hands full. Celtics lost last night to the Heat. They've lost two in a row. Heat, very good team. Celtics, though, great game last night. I mean, the Celtics at one point ripped off 16 straight in the third quarter to take a lead, but uh, that Miami team a little bit too good, and uh, Celtics now sitting in the tie for third uh, in the Eastern Conference. That's going to do it for us here this morning. We'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Wake Up Call. Oh, one more thing uh, before I forget. Uh, Today would have been the 71st birthday of my friend John Clark. Uh, John Clark, the founder of WCNX Radio in Middletown, Connecticut. Um, I worked with John uh, doing broadcasting and stuff for a long time. He's part of the reason why I'm doing this station now. Uh, He passed away from uh, pancreatic cancer. Um, and uh, it doesn't seem like it's been as long as it has, but he would have been 71 years uh, old today. So uh, happy birthday, uh, John Clark. We leave you this morning with some music from Lane Hardy. It's called Hurricane. We'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to The Wake Up Call on Sports Country.